Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Nick Flanagan Week. Nick Flan Nick Flanagan Weekly. I like to sing songs. People get mad. People love it. I always bring out opinions in people. Good, bad, the other, the third. Pray for me. Whatever God you've got, pray for the boy. And today's episode is a wonderful interview with Dave Hill. Do you know Dave Hill? I do. I just did a show with him in Montreal. He's hilarious. A comedian who's been doing it for a while now. He's written two books with a third on the way. Check out Tasteful Hills. <laughs> Tasteful Hills. Tasteful Nudes. And Dave Hill doesn't live here anymore. Check out his band, Painted Doll. His band, Valley Lodge. Check out the Witch Taint Project. This guy's multi-talented, multifaceted, very interesting. And we've gotten to become friends, which is great. We met at the best show, uh, Tom Sharpling's show. And it's just been a rootin' tootin' hootin' good time since then. I'm Nick. I'm your erstwhile host. I'm just going to run into the episode now. Let's do it. Uh, at the end of this is going to be talk about my Patreon and how to follow me and stuff. Um, I really could use the support. <laughs> Things are going great because I have this wonderful interview with Dave Hill. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with the wonderful extreme multi-talented author music or musician you can cut you can come in whenever you want dave this uh as, oh, i'm as just you, waiting for you to think to mention all the other okay. stuff that i do comedian stand up comedian. and otherwise uh sure tv writer um on occasion on occasion npr staple sure Dog owner. Correct. Su Cleveland son. That's right. Loves that dirty water. That's probably. I, yeah. <laughs> Old black water. Yep. And uh, hall, music, rock and roll, hall of fame, aspiring inductee. No, I don't. I don't think there's any danger of that happening. What do you mean? Lifetime. You can shred. I don't. I think you have to do more than that. To get into the the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, see if you were in Even Canada, shredding's pretty sweet. If you were in Canada, that's all you'd need. <laughs> Just like, I'd have like nine nine Juno awards, lots of Junos. You'd probably have a Canadian Screen Award somehow, and you'd be on the Canadian Walk of Fame, which is on King Street. Really, in in my hometown of Toronto, Ontario. Oh, sweet! Where I'm talking to you from. I just did a show with Broken Social Scene, as you know. They're they're from Toronto. Yeah, you told me that. Did you say hi to for me to them? I totally did. I was walking down the street. Uh huh. I knew. I already knew one of the guys in the band, Brendan. Oh yeah, yeah. Brendan's a uh, buddy of mine for sure. He and I, our first bands played together at a festival like more than twenty years ago. So you played with uh, a head. Yeah, that's right. Head, head. With two H's. Yeah, I I. You know, I did a zine with my friend Andrew, who I've been in bands with for many years. Uh, and uh, we did a zine and we interviewed Head. We loved Head. We were like big fans of the local scene. And they were sort of the kings of that scene for a moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had, they had a hot a, sound. They had a big song called Collide. That was their big one. I want to pull it up. You want me to? Okay. No, no, you don't have to. I can. I'll, I made a mental note. Yeah, pull it up. Pull it up. Also, pull up some Thirteen Engines while you're at it. Oh yeah, I think I think my friend Doug maybe recorded a Thirteen Engines album. It's quite possible. Thirteen yeah. Engines had a song called "Bread in the Bone." Very dark yeah. stuff. Bring up groovy religion sure. if you want to go deep. All right. Do you want to go okay, deep? Well. I don't even know if I want to go deep. What do you think of the expression balls deep? Uh, it's not something I use in conversation unless maybe <laughs> ironically all the time I do. No, I, I, I don't. I, I, I shy away from that sort of talk. 
Oh, by the way, this is Dave Hill. I don't think I actually got through the the introduction. Oh yeah, I don't think you did. You did not. We didn't actually mention my name. That's sort of key. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Hill. Well, I'm going to do an intro where I say oh, I'm t- you. here talking to Dave Hill. Yeah, yeah. Well, the listen, great we covered Dave a Hill. lot of stuff. Yeah. www.davehill.com. Mm-mm. No. DaveHillOnline.com. DaveHillOnline. Oh yeah. I just yeah, updated I'm gonna my have... web my website earlier today. What'd you add? Cool. Added What'd some you add live to dates. Added some live dates. Live bro. clips. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. No, I no. added two. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I gotta do is add some of those live, live clips. Yeah, people want that on websites. They definitely want live clips. They want so they can uh, really see what your deal is. The news section, keep it rolling. You know. Oh, um, Maybe my what question. was taught? What's uh huh? What do, do you, people what do you look at? Know? Do people look at websites still? I don't know. I very occasionally get like an email to the sort of form that says "get in touch" uh, to on my website. I do. I got one recently that was like, "Hi, my husband is a huge fan of your band." And I'm in Germany and I know you broke up a while ago, but, uh, would you want to maybe sign like a piece of vinyl that rules and get it? Yeah. And get it to him for his birthday, which is in February. And I wrote back, I said, yeah, that's so nice. Sure. I'd love to. That's totally nice. And then I did not hear back. Um, And then I started getting German language spam. (laughs) Oh man. You got bamboozled. So I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I got an email. I, uh, I, as you may or may not know, my name is the same as the guitar player for Slade, the great. I did know that English rock band, and I'm a I'm a huge Slade fan, as it turns out. And uh, Mm -hmm. I got an email. Apparently, there's something called Slade Days, I believe in like the Midlands uh-huh. in England where like they have like a, it's a Slade festival. And so mm-hmm. I got an email asking me if I would honor them with my presence. And I was like, Oh my okay. God, I would love. And, and the delusional part of me thought this isn't, it's just mere coincidence that my name is the same as the guitar player for Slade. They, they know mm-hmm. who they're writing and they they actually just want me to come to Slade days. So <laughs> I wrote back and I was a bold assumption. I said, yeah, of course I'll come to Slade days. I'm in. And I never right. heard anything again, actually. What is your, do you have an email signature? Uh, mean like when, you know what I mean? Like, does it say like painted doll dot bandcamp dot com? DaveHillOnline.com. Oh, like when you see you know, from you. Under, underneath your... I don't know yeah. if I do right now. I need to check. I, I'm not sure. I think... Yeah, I think there is. And I, I think for my podcast, I believe that's what it is. So they probably clicked it. should it be, like, unless I'd I don't screwed know it up. Dave Hill does a podcast. Don't... You didn't screw it up, man. I may have. You didn't screw it up. No, you didn't. You never, you never screwed yeah, anything up. Never. I saw you on stage in Montreal. Sure. We talked about this on another podcast, but I want to talk about it now. Yes. I want to deep dive into our trip to Montreal. Let's deep dive. Months ago, I guess when we met up at the autopsy show yes. in Montreal, you said, I love Montreal. I want to perform in Montreal. And I said, Dave, I think we can make that happen. But there's one, there's one uh necessi- necessity out of this got to put me on the bill too yeah and we stared at e- we stared at each other for a bit it was a stare yes. down stare down you said yes so yeah. we both won and uh for some reason i was like you know what would be great we should do it in february oh yeah and <laughs> the, me the coldest time <laughs> being a naive american didn't blink i just thought sure that's a good idea I know. And I was, I, but I was also like, it's going to be really cold and dark. And you were like, that's fine. Because yeah. I'm asking you in a very abstract manner, you know, mm-hmm. like you're not feeling cold. 
or in the dark when I'm asking you this question. So it's easy for you to say yes, because you're in a non-dark, non-cold environment when I asked you this. Yeah, I thought, sure, that's a great idea. Why not? So then here we go. We're at the, we, we both, and then it's like, you know, we have things going on. Next thing you know, we got like a month promoting the thing like wild men. Sure. We add a few people to the bill. Things looking good. Then we're like, is it looking good? I don't know. Yeah, question panic marks set arrive. In. Panic, panic sets in. Yeah. And uh, I actually wasn't that panicked because I really love Montreal and I was looking forward to seeing you. And, you know, we had this whole plan. Unfortunately, you wound up being almost indisposed. That was the re- that was the true stress of it was just like you didn't know if you could do it. I was filming a Hollywood I, movie. You're making a Hollywood movie. It was down to the, the wire. dates were changing. Minute you know, by it was down minute. to the wire. You got your plane ticket late in the game. You know, um, if you don't mind me sharing that type no. of information on. Yeah, on no, no. I'm transparent in my uh, uh, travel bookings. Total transparency with Dave Hill. Do you have a transparent guitar? Transparent what? Guitar? Oh no! I wish I did, but I don't. Like a like a Dan 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 Armstrong. I mean, I don't know what that is, but yeah, like a Dan Armstrong. It's a transparent guitar. Can you see? They make some sweet. You can see, yeah, you could see yourself through it. Are there computers in guitars ever? I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they've they've tried all sorts of crazy stuff. There was um. Gibson came out with a number of years ago uh, self-tuning guitars. Which that sounds crazy. Kind of, yeah, they were kind of a nightmare and it didn't really catch on. What's your guitar of choice? I got a lot of axes. Uh, probably my SG at the moment. It's pretty hot. Very cool. Like Very cool. Rip some solos. Let's say I took guitar lessons from you. Okay. So uh, what's the first thing I'm going to learn? Like day one, what's happening? Uh, It's a look that you give into the audience that's kind of like, what's up? Like like a challenge. But it's like a what's up, like challenge. Like, yo, what's up? You ready for this? Right. This is sort of like how the first first year of drama uh, in, in a college I went to, was just like drama theory. So so the first year of maybe guitar lessons are like what you do on stage uh, to get people ready for you playing guitar. Yeah, you just kind of like, yo, what's up? What's up? And it's kind of like a look and a come hither and a nod. It'd sort of be like, you know, an invitation to rock or have sex or, you know, it's a mixed message. Does Buckethead do it? No, because he's got that mask on. I don't think he does. Have it. you ever seen his face? Mm, I've seen photos that are supposedly him, but uh-huh. I've not. I've not seen his face. I have seen him perform. I saw him with Guns and Roses. Year, yeah, years that was ago. a that was a curveball. I went because I was home in Cleveland and they were playing. I was visiting my family and they were playing, and I was like, I want to go see him rip some sweet solos. So I went. <laughs> Thanks for the yawn, by the way. Well, what happened was I was itching my, it wasn't a lack of enthusiasm. It was, did you ever like itch yourself and all of a sudden it like, it sends like a shiver? Yeah. And I kind of went like, oh, definitely. Oh, oh, that's what that was. What about, what about when you itch yourself and it just creates other itches on your body that you're unaware of until you itched the one thing? Chris is nodding like you're in his head right now. Like he, I mean, I am practically. But now that you've said it, now I I do have itches all over my body. I should stress that this is a Skype conversation and Dave is wonderfully facilitating the uh, audio recording. No, my partner in crime, Chris Gersbeck, is really doing the heavy lifting. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, Dave and Chris, mostly Chris. Yeah. But Dave's part of it. Yeah, part of it. You're part of the solution. You're not the problem. 
And my sweet dog Lucy over here. So, hey, Lou. Lulu. Lucy's Good nice. Good girl. I've met Good Lucy. Good girl, yeah. Didn't we have a nice time in New York the other uh, time when I was visiting? Oh, Wasn't that nice? absolutely. Went, totally. Went for dinner in the t- Jeans Italian restaurant. Jeans. Not totally. to blow up your spot. No, no, it's cool. Though I am worried about that. Everyone like going, not, not going there because I go there, but going there because it's awesome. But uh, can I share the uh, celebrity who was there with us? Todd Berry. Todd Berry. Yes. And also my lady friend. Were there. Both of them were there. Your lady friend. Um, but I've seen, uh, I, it's not like a celebrity hang kind of place, despite the fact <laughs> that we were there with Todd Berry. Um, <laughs> but I've seen Elvis Costello there. Mm. I've seen Sarah Jessica Parker there. I've seen... Together? Parker Posey there. No, no. Okay. I saw Clay Aiken there, mm. I think. Serving? That... <laughs> no, oh! Whoa. Sorry. Someone said it was him. I think Todd Berry, another time I was there with him, because he's a close personal friend that I dine with often. He was like, that's Clay Aiken. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good eater. Yeah. So. He's a fun eating partner. Totally. So yeah, we uh, it's no, and I'm told Alec Baldwin goes there. All the all the people mentioned live like right by there, so they just go there. I think it's a neighborhood hang. Would you say that the New York, would you say the New York celebrity is a different breed of celebrity than like the famous person who lives in New York is a different kind of famous person than the one who lives in L.A. Lives where? In Los Angeles, or I suppose a ranch. A lot of these celebrities seem to live on ranches of some sort. I would say so. I think it, if celebrities in New York, because I think the difference is, I was just thinking about this, and I could be wrong. Tell me if you disagree. Mm-hmm. Is that I, I think people live in LA or Southern California because they want something. Like they want right. to be near... Uh, they want show business and all that. And then people that like you live in New York. Mm-hmm. They want inner peace. Sometimes they seek inner peace. And they seek inner peace. They're lost. But I think people I think people live Sometimes. in New York because they want to live in New York. Like more than any anything else. Right. Yeah. I mean, I kind of see that. That's something true. I mean, I'd be happy to get all of the jewels of Los Angeles that they offer. But Los Angeles also feels you like hate, such and, a and this is, class. Did you say Jew? Did you hate? Did you say Jew holes? No. The I, Skype did you say cut. Jews hate? No. This, see, this is the dangerous. <laughs> oh, we should no. probably edit this out. No, but it sounded because of Skype. Did It sounded the Skype is a little jumpy. And it made right. it sound like not you on said, my end, oddly enough. You, it made it sound like apropos of nothing that you said Jew holes all of a sudden, and I I uh, felt <laughs> like I needed to flag that. Uh, yeah, no, that's worth flagging. I am Jewish on my mother's side, but uh, I know which which that doesn't mean I can use words like Jew hole. Well, that's kind of it's a, see, no kind of an ugly. I know one. you're Jewish on your mother's side, which is why I thought well. I guess he's going to use words that uh, I certainly would not. But you didn't use that word at all. <laughs> we should probably just edit edit this whole whole no, edit it, edit it Bob. out, or not. I might keep yeah. it. I might keep it. You know, sometimes we have over fun here over here, Flanagan. With the stuff I keep. <laughs> yeah, one day you should come over and meet my cat and mother. I would love that. I'm allergic to cats. Your mother, I'm sure I would love her. Are you allergic? She's 71. Don't tell her. That would be the second thing I say to her. (laughs) What's the first thing? Put your cat far away from me. No, hello, Mrs. Flanagan. Pleasure to meet you. Right. Right. Does she go by Mrs. Flanagan? No, not at all. She goes by Eleanor Liebman. I suppose you could call her Ms. Liebman. Ms. I would probably Lee- go that way. Hello, Ms. Liebman. Yeah, you know. I don't know if she's a feminist. She probably was a feminist when, you know, the rules of feminism were a little more lax. 
Sure. Is she a, is she a Torontonian? Absolutely. Both of my parents. Yeah. Oh, wow. They both. Yeah. My, my father was from a area called Willowdale, eight brothers and sisters. And my mother is from um, kind of the area I live in. I mean, she's, you know, it's kind of a Jewish stretch, uh, Bathurst Street. And I believe her father had a garment factory. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Wait, did you just, did you just say what street you live on? No, that's the street she's, she grew up on. That's an area I'm in. She's, it's like an area, you know, and if you go further up Bathurst, it's, uh, kind of heavily, uh, Jewish. Got it. Got it. Picking up at your point. That's where the Hasidim are. That's where the good, uh, you know, uh, dairy free, you know, bakeries are. It's where, you know, you get falafels, Israeli style. That's where you go. Sounds like paradise. Got to show it to you someday. Take you to Hamish's. I'm in. I'm coming to Toronto. I'm going to be I'm going to be in Toronto at least a couple times this year. I think year. I might be in Montreal. I'm going to try to set up a show for us in Toronto. What do you think of that? Re- at the Horseshoe Tavern. You heard it here first. Oh, really? That would be fun. That's like a good good well, place. I think it would be That's fun. That's a good place for rocking as well, isn't it? Yes, but I've uh have I I've done comedy there. I opened for Michael Showalter there. And I uh saw Eugene Merman and Michael Showalter on a much uh earlier tour they were on. I saw Hannibal there, Hannibal Buress. Nice. And I've performed there musically and seen a lot of shows there. I saw the dictators there, basically. I I know the dictators. I literally know some of the, I know some of the dictators. Oh, do you? Yeah, I know the original bass player and I know the current bass player. Though I guess they're totally done now. So I guess I know Probably. two former bass players. Not to brag. Dave Hill. You have a lot of musical projects. Sure. Don't you? Do you want to sure. talk about them for a second? Okay. Do you want me to just start talking about them? Or are you? <laughs> well, why don't we start at the start? Okay. 1990 something. Yeah. Dave Hill, young Clevelander. Yep. Flaw- flawless skin right? and hair. Yeah. Clevelandite? Flawless skin and hair, much like right yeah. now, these days. Um, same figure. Hasn't changed in yep. the time period there. You get together with your boys. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Practice space? Sure. We had a practice space. High school friends? Couple of them, yeah. My first band, but we all ended up going to college together. Three of us. And then we bonded a guy, our friend John, at college, and he started singing. That was our first band, the one that played with Head with Two H's. Was that called Sons of Elvis? Sons of Elvis. Yeah. That's Sons right. of Elvis. Are you into the fact that I knew it? It's it's Sons jarring. How did you know that? <laughs> I read your book. Oh, oh, oh yeah, it's in there, isn't it? I read your book, Tasteful Nudes, and I have not read your second book. You haven't? That's which is that seems to be the trend. Yeah, that's what you were talking about when I told you I hadn't read it. That's the only reason I would boldly announce I hadn't read it. That's why when people say to me, I read your book. I say, oh, really? Which one did you read of the two that are already out? Yes. And then they are like, uh, uh. I would read both. You don't have to. It's fine. So we're going to we're gonna get to the books. We're going to get to the books in a second. But Sons of Elvis, why the name? Oh, because we never thought that we would leave the practice spot. And our drummer, Pat, had postcards of Elvis on his drums. And then our friend Gary, who was the original singer, who went on to be uh, a writer and director? Uh, he he said, Gary, Gary Marshall? Marshall. No, he Gary Natto. He wrote that movie Jack, where Robin Williams mm-hmm. uh, has like it ages very quickly. He yeah, wrote yeah. that movie. Uh, co-wrote it. Yeah, yeah. That's wild, because he wrote that not long after you guys would have been a band. Yeah, he wrote it right? like but he was just a pretty young thing when he wrote it. Yeah. Did he write it and in the he, van? No, we never we never played a show with him, but he 
Anyway, he was like, hey, you have pictures of Elvis on your drums. We should call ourselves Sons of Elvis. And so we were like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of the best slash worst band name of all time. One could argue. Yeah. Successful. I'm into it. <laughs> I'm into it as a name. I like so you guys big in Japan. No, no. That's that's Valley Lodge, my current band. We toured Japan. Oh, I thought that Sons of Elvis had some sort of a following in in uh in Japan. In Japan. But you played sure, there, right? I'm sure we did you do, there? that I'm just unaware of. Valley Lodge uh, Valley Lodge played in Japan. Sons of Elvis. How did you get into played. music? Wait, what? <laughs> what'd you say how'd you get into music into music oh (laughs) i i I was forced into it the the classic way of just being forced into it yeah your parents got you lessons i took piano lessons yeah because i wanted to learn i saw footage of your dad playing piano yeah anyone if you have internet access i would go on go on youtube and and watch uh my dad playing Stairway to Heaven. It's pretty it's pretty much the greatest non cat related yeah. video on the internet, I believe. It's a wonderful video. I'm gonna watch it after this. Yeah, it, it's out of it's, respect. I think, I think I think it's pretty great, I have to say. I have to say. Um, but you said you took piano lessons because of your dad? Was that? Well, I wanted to. I'm sorry, I interrupted. I wanted to take it. I want to learn guitar, and he said, "No, you have to learn piano first." Beautiful. So I was like, okay, that's how it all went down. How much? How did it help? Does it help? Would you recommend it? I would recommend sticking. Yeah, I think playing. I wish I still played, but it, it sort of left me, and now I can kind of tinker a little bit. But I'm not. I. Uh... I took piano lessons also. Oh yeah, are you incredible? No, I uh, got to the grade one of piano and I started getting really confused by the complicated stuff. And I did a recital and I couldn't do it right. And uh, then I would like get up and start again, look visibly frustrated until I walked off the stage at this music recital. That's kind of awesome. That's like a performance art piece right there. It felt like it traumatized me, but I think the way that you put it is how I'm going to view it from now on. Empowering. <laughs> yeah. It's a baller move. You were balls. You went balls deep on that recital. I want <laughs> balls uh, to the wall, deep in the wall. I, I need balls to. Balls to the wall. Glorial? Balls. Is that a Glorial reference? It might be. I don't know. Balls to the wall, balls deep. I guess it might be. Balls to the partition or something. <laughs> I need to check Chris. Balls Chris, to Picasso. Have, uh, how are you doing on time? I need. Okay. Okay. I just need to. Che- I was just checking. Chris is sitting. We over can here. wrap it. No, I was just checking with him. I just we wanted can... to make sure he was not. Uh, no. At a medical procedure scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. We're uh, we're we're partying here. We're having a nice couple nice long chats. Yeah. Just know. getting loose. Uh, it's hard to keep track of time in times like that. Um, I'll tell you the second thing that happened to me vis-a-vis music. And it was my friends, Dave and Andrew, Andrew, who I mentioned earlier with the zine, uh, Dave singer in wonderful metal bands, like abyss rammer bleeding out now, bleeding Um, out. You say, yeah, that's his new band. And, uh, we, uh, did a band where we were covering, um, this leather uppers who are like a really good toronto band one of the best toronto bands in in a way they only had like a couple of records but but really neat band and we covered their songs you know when i was probably 16 or 17 at like a muse talent night or something and we came out i think all of us had masks actually uh i believe our friend chris was drumming and dave was just like you know the happy month you know the keith flint of the band sure without uh without oh, singing are you getting a call? Yeah, I, I silenced it. I don't know why, but my my phone like routes through my computer, which is I never asked it to do. Yeah, that's like a weird thing. I feel like even I try not to have my phone on vibrate even, and it still does. Yeah, I don't know why it. 
I don't know why it does that. I never, and it, for a while I was doing text messages that way, which I found even real, even more annoying. I get text messages on my phone, but I, uh, on my computer, but I actually like it. I feel like I heard a horrifying story of this and, and it, I guess it, it would have unraveled from either way, but some guy, a friend of a friend of a friend who had his text messages routing to his, what's it called? iPad mm-hmm. and his phone. And he was like up to no good. Right. And criminal. No, like just in, you know, with his uh, romantic relationships. So I get it. Basically, he, uh, his, his iPad snitched on him because. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure it all would have fallen apart anyway. I don't have to worry about such things because I'm perfect. Don't you think we like live in a golden age of snitching? Everyone's snitching on, on each other. Snitching. You mean like a. Internet yeah, snitching. snitching, like this person did that, and yeah, yeah, I, I do. Well, I mean, they'll be like, "This guy, he said this." I, I guess sometimes it's good, obviously, when someone is uh, outed for their horrible behavior. Sure, but I, at the same time, I think uh, I have sort of concerns, perhaps paranoia, is about an Orwellian, a very near Orwellian future where everyone is is uh publicly uh shamed for for something like like you know it could be like uh dave i was supposed to have dinner with him and he canceled right and then i saw him post on instagram he was having dinner somewhere else with some another right. friend of ours yeah and that's when they he did that to me and then people will come forward and be like, yeah, he pulled that. We were going to have lunch, and he did that. Dave said he was going to send me the musical notation for Rocket Man. Never got yeah. it. Yeah. Never got yeah. it. I, he said that to me. So I, I think mean, eventually uh-huh. everyone will be disgraced for some sort of behavior. When you say Orwellian, are we talking Animal Farm or 1984? I guess it would, mm, it would be more 1984, but... And just a general, you know, his, you know, this whole deal. <laughs> the Orwellian, the word Orwellian is really getting thrown around these days. You know, it's, it just makes it seem like you finished seventh grade when you say Orwellian. Everyone I, I, says, I think that's when, isn't that when you read, uh, Orwell? I read Orwell a little bit later. Maybe it was later. In high school, I I actually read Orwell like independently of school. We didn't read 1984 in school. We read Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. That's Al, Al Huxley. Yeah. I was trying to get the author before you, so I saw Sorry, I, I read that. I just so barreled true. through. I think I did read that. No, it's cool. I'm glad. Thank you. No, but to my point, yeah, I think I think it uh there is a lot of snitching going on, but some of it's good, obviously. Yeah, totally. We want we want to know that this Virginia guy wore a Klansman outfit. I'd like to know that. I, um, yeah, I think it's good to know when someone's, you know. But I, I, I don't know about like you know where it's headed and and over time. I think eventually, like our whole browser history will be made public, and that's when the hammer is right. brought down on DH. Yeah, yeah, that's where uh, all the men get carted off. My, my, actually, to the gulag. My, my, my browser history would not be very. I don't think very damning. It would just be like, oh, he looks at guitars and puppies. That's pretty much it. <laughs> well, that's because I have low T. Uh, very. No, I have massive <laughs> testosterone. I just like saying low T because I think it's a made up thing that they came up with for commercials. I think it's made up. I think I think that one of the most terrifying things and perhaps Orwellian things of our time is the Internet has really made a lot of things that don't exist. Um, phrase, new phrases, new things in our vernacular that have no business being in our vernacular. It drives me nuts. You know, whether it's yeah. Overton window or whether it's, uh, you know, um, 
uh, soy, I guess, the, the newest thing about... Uh-huh. Overton window, you say? Yeah. What's an Overton window, Chris? Do you know what that is? What the fuck? Overton window is like, if you say something super outrageous, it changes the Overton window for what is acceptable. You're making it, you're normalizing it in discussion. So if Alexandria or Ocasio-Cortez brings up free college enough times, suddenly the discussion is viewing the idea of free college as more rational just because she's mentioning it. It's just like an internet Reddit kind of thing. Okay, you know? I, I, I'm picking up. I yeah. do like the idea of free college. Me too. I'd go in a heartbeat. Did you go to college? Just for a semester, I went to University of Toronto. Oh, UT? UT. I was university college. That was my uh, exact college in University of Toronto. And uh, I, uh, I frittered it away, Dave. And I've been to Me a few. Con- really? Where did you go? Did you bail? My college degree? Yeah. I mean, arguably, I used it quite a bit because I learned how to write in things, I think, by going to school. Yeah. You're but a very good writer. Oh, thanks. But You've I been think, published uh, all over. I think part of me, though, when I was in college, I was just sort of like, oh, my parents have no idea how much I plan to just completely throw all of this away. Yeah. Yeah, that was my thing. By just uh, getting up to tomfoolery. Yeah, I got up to all... Let's just say I didn't buy that many textbooks with this textbook money. You know what I'm saying? I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> Uh, you know, but you know, the other thing, there's so many words that I, 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 you can't even get start like virtue signaling. I hate that. That's what everyone is using now, left or right. People are using words like virtue signaling SJWs. These are not podcasting. These are not things that I want in the vernacular because they just reduce things so much that they're almost meaningless. You know what I mean? Like, what is a social justice warrior? It's so stupid. It's just, it's like an attempt yeah. at a slur, you know? And, yeah, uh, yeah. and now, and virtue signaling and white knighting and all these phrases, it's just like, do you know those phase phrases? I don't know white knighting. I guess I can, what is that to make a hero uh, or someone out of someone or a clansman out of someone? Like if a hundred people were to start piling on, you know, say Lori Kilmartin, why would anyone do that? Why would anyone do that? Uh, well, the other she's, day she uh, she's lovely. Cr- critiqued Stormy Daniels and everybody got mad for doing stand-up. She was like, why are you doing stand-up? Can we please do stand-up? Can you let comedi- lady comedians do stand-up and not do stand-up Stormy? Well, wasn't I didn't and, follow it closely, but wasn't the thing that she just said like female comics are given headlining weekend spots so infrequently? Why are we just giving one? to someone who's not a stand-up at all? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much that. And, you know, it got read a certain way, and Stormy Daniels responded kind of angrily, you know? And, uh, like, uh, but anyway, I think it... She's garnered a lot of abuse before. What I'm saying is, if you stepped in and said, can you please not be a dick to Laurie? She's a great comedian, great person. Uh... People would say, oh, look at Dave. He's white knighting. It's the idea of like stepping in to protect someone um, with um, ulterior motives in mind. It's it's just like I would do, like if someone were to do it just to make themselves look good by being. Yeah. And and I think I uh, I, I have problems with these phrases because it's like they're all things that assume the mindset of somebody based on like online behavior or something yeah yeah you know yeah. they assume motives they assume assumptions uh they sorry they they assume assumptions they do assume assumptions oh man well i'm learning i'm <laughs> learning are you why i uh i just want everyone to be okay nick me too that's all i want but you swear you swear at trump every single day i do yeah but that's you know that's because i'm a hero why do you hate trump why do you hate him? Why do I hate him? Uh, yeah. I think he's uh, 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 a bad force in the world. 
to put it mildly. And do you think it's been that way for much longer than he's been president? Has he been a bad force? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say. Yeah, I think his whole yeah. operation has always been bad. Uh, but but I had like a two day stretch where I liked The Apprentice and I kind of was in an irony zone well, where I was like, it's funny that this is popular. I think I think he, you know, it was, it was kind of harmless for a while because, you know, I think intelligent people were always just like, oh, look at this blowhard cartoon millionaire guy. Yeah. But then when it's thanks to the art of the deal. And The Apprentice, basically, it made uh, ignorant people think, oh, this guy's got his shit together, you know? And, uh, you know, he's just, he's a great, like, sort of P.T. Barnum type, I guess. But, uh, you know. Is he even great at being that, really? Well, I think he's, you know. know, I don't even. I don't know. I guess he is. Yeah, I guess he is, because he just announces stuff and. I mean, it's pretty amazing in a way to like deflect as much as he does, you know, to be able to just constantly go find a sort of silver lining, a way to say that the thing that sucked that he did actually either didn't happen or doesn't suck. You know, it's amazing. That's something we could all learn from. This is true. If nothing else. But. um. He, uh, oh, there was something about this gross guy that I, oh, I watched an interview with someone and this guy said, I know you've, you've met Trump. What's that? That's true. What'd you say? You've met him. You've met Donald Trump. I've met him a couple You've met I've Donald met Trump. A, That's true. I've met him a couple times. Yes. Well, the one time you were working for something that he was involved in. Right? I, w- I was hired by two major corporations that were working together to create celebrity ringtones in 2004. And I wrote these ringtones that were for Donald Trump to say, and by the way, this was when The Apprentice was like a hit TV show or it was just beginning to be. So you would think uh, that he would have rights to his, you're fired. But the big thing was he couldn't say you're fired because he didn't have rights Donald Trump, the the great deal maker, the great <laughs> businessman, did not have rights to say you're fired. Well, there's probably he saved money. He saved money by not paying well, for those so, rights. Yeah, so he wasn't allowed to say you're fired. So I had to write other things for him to say, and it was I spent mm-hmm. I don't know an hour or something writing a bunch of things for him to say, and they paid me a bunch of money, which was nice. And well, that's good. I thought that was it. And then they're like, no, we want you to go to Donald Trump's office. Right. And uh, and uh, do this, record them with him. Like there was mm-hmm. like a dozen people probably in this conference room uh, doing this. But uh, yeah, it was it was we were in there. We did it. And. Uh, ugh, there you go. And it but. At the time, I was sort of like, oh, this guy's I sort of fascinated. I don't, I don't want to say I liked him. Yeah. But I will say that I, I was sort of like, oh, this guy is completely full of shit. Like, yeah. I realized, like, his whole thing is uh, uh, he's playing like a character, which yeah. I think is what he's still doing now. It's this character that's just like selling snake oil or whatever. And uh I remember thinking that that day, like, oh, this guy's completely full of shit. This is hilarious. Like that he's mm-hmm. yeah. pretending to, he's playing this like billionaire character. And uh, it, yeah, I always thought of him as like Snoop Dogg or uh, Gene Simmons, you know, just someone who was like really embracing um, the public vision of them or something. The public yeah, perception yeah. sort of. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Snoop Dogg, I've met also. Delightful. Yeah, I interviewed Snoop Dogg once over the phone, and he was just awesome. It was yeah. great. I got no beef with him. I like yeah. Snoop Dogg. Me too. I mean, when I say that, it's just sort of Snoop Dogg really embraced the Snoop Doggness of who he was. Yeah, he's all in. You know, he just always, he's, he's all, all in, in. You know? But I was going to say this thing about Trump, 
Unless do you want to tell me about the second time you met him or No, that was that was the second time. The first the first time was probably like a year earlier I met him. Right. And uh Hey, good luck with the ringtones. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Hey, uh, good luck with the ringtones. <laughs> I, I met him at, I was I had actually been hired by VH1. They were doing a show on uh, uh what was it? Um of, on like celebrities acting weird on the red carpet, like weird, crazy things that uh-huh. happened on the red carpet. And so uh-huh. they hired me to go to like the NBC upfronts and just interview celebrities solely for the purpose of getting them to say and do weird shit that could be put into this clip show. <laughs> so like I wasn't even on camera, but I was just there being an idiot and uh that the idea was that i would get uh you know provoke weirdness out of the celebrities yeah goad people into Into saying reactions yeah so uh a shit starter if you will not like in a full-on like howard stern way that he used to do with what's his face stuttering john but like richard or richard lewis on the show. Yeah. He gave Richard Lewis a hard time sometimes. Yeah. I did. I, so, but yeah, Stuttering John. But I met, that's when Gary I, Garver. That's when I met uh, Trump the first time. And uh, I genuinely mm-hmm. didn't know that he had a TV show. So he was telling me, and I couldn't believe, I remember I couldn't believe that he had a TV show because I was like, that's the fucking dumbest <laughs> thing I ever heard. And I was basically <laughs> saying that in a slightly uh less profane way to him and he was getting offended by my how surprised i was that anyone would give him a show and so when i was at his office like a year later i thought oh i wonder if he'll remember me as this guy from before that it didn't go well but then uh he didn't so there you go but what i was gonna say Mm -hmm. Yeah, way too much talking about him. But the end of it that I wanted to say is that I watched someone who said they met him a couple times and in pre-president run, and he seemed fine enough. That was kind of how he put it. And he said that he se- it seems as if his personality spiraled and spiraled as he gained a Twitter addiction. He described it as he was addicted to Twitter. I thought that was really interesting that it was actually the dope. Well, the, yeah, I think clearly he's addi- addicted to Twitter. Yeah. And that the dopamine hit he gets from putting that stuff out there is actually what's powering this mess of a presidency. That was his theory. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I think that's accurate. Um, Dave. It's like jazz. No, I don't know. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> um I was just thinking about everything. I want to talk about saying. so much more stuff. I know. Well, we, yeah. maybe we, I I should probably take the dog out so she doesn't shit everywhere. No, I know. I should get out too. I should get out. That was what I was trying to say. There's all this other stuff I want to talk about. Well, this begs, think, you know, you'll have me back. I will have you back. I'm not yeah. afraid to do that. Maybe you can have your axe. Oh, yeah, play a little some bit. sweet solos. Yeah, totally. Rip some solos. Totally, yeah. bro. Well, Dave, thank you for coming. Do you have anything you'd like to share before you go? Your new book coming out. Uh, we didn't even get to talk oh, about it. Oh, my book. My it'll be out se- September twenty fourth. It's coming well, out. I'll have you, and it's called Part. Yeah, I'll ha- and it's about Canada. I'll have you on before then. It is about Canada. Okay, sweet. You've told That's you've told right. me that I come up in the book, which is very exciting for me. A lot, yeah. Wow. And uh, it is not good stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. How could it no, be? No, it's all very good. Given my criminal yeah, behavior. No, it's good stuff. I'm glad you didn't see me lose it on a heckler at the show. Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that. We did together in Montreal. I don't even know if I mentioned we did a show together. Yeah, we... Casa de Popolo. How is this in terms of rambling uh, compared to my appearance on your podcast? I'd say neck and neck. <laughs> Nick and Nick? Nick and Dave. <laughs> there we go. Oh, then go Nick and Nick and then add an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and Nick. You know, like... 
Was that an explosion? Yeah. Kind of wasn't a good explosion. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Oh, Dave Hill. Chris. Got to shout out Chris Gersbeck recording the whole damn thing. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Did I pronounce his name right? Yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. Thank you, Chris. Solid. Well, Dave, if you could rate this podcast. This is magic. Out of 10, what would you rate it? 100. I'm giving it 100 as well. I'll see you soon. This partnership only grows stronger with every passing day. That's right. All right. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Dave. Big thanks to Dave Hill for coming on the podcast. I think we'll be doing shows together soon and hopefully other stuff. So you haven't heard the last from Dave Hill. I've been on his podcast. Now he's been on mine. Mad collaboration. Anyway, uh, thank you very much. I'm at the Flans on Twitter. Now here's some more information about this podcast. Nick Flanagan Weekly. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I really appreciate your support. And if you want to support the show any further, go to patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan and find out about paying $5 a month to help me do this and other things like stand-up. You can follow me on Instagram at Nick Flanagan Weekly, Twitter at Nick Flan Weekly, write me at weeklypodcast at gmail.com. Have a great life. Or, and more than anything, just tell your friends if you like an episode and hopefully they'll listen to it. Thanks. You're really a deer. I really think of you as a deer. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly.